And we're back. Welcome to season two of the Senior Speak Podcast. My name is Steve Hartnett and I'm the Director of Digital Teaching and Learning at Elizabeth Forward School District. I'm so excited to share the stories and accomplishments of some of our amazing high school seniors. You know, this project began last year with the goal of spreading some positivity during a time of so much uncertainty. And while I'll be doing the hosting duties solo this season, I'm really excited to highlight the amazing students that we have at Elizabeth Forward School District. So without further ado, let's jump right into the first episode of this season. So we're really excited to kick off season two of the Senior Speak podcast with this guest. He's an amazing student, an award-winning singer, an anchor for the high school uh, morning announcements. He's a musical cast member and he recently completed his Eagle Scout project. I'm sure we could spend this entire episode listening to all of his accomplishments. And ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Caden Vogel to the Senior Speak podcast. Caden, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Like I said, we are so happy to have you uh, on season two as our first guest. Uh, it's a great way to kick off our second season of the Senior Speak podcast. So once again, thank you so much. You know, we always begin. Yeah, absolutely. We always begin our podcast with this question, Caden, uh, and uh, we're interested. How's your senior year going so far? Uh, my senior year is going pretty good. Um, it's, you know, it's not living up to expectations, unfortunately, because of uh, COVID and everything, but there's really no way around it. Um, it's easy to fall behind um, with like with virtual and not getting enough time, um, but it's going good. Um, it's it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year, um, which is a really good thing because I, I came in with um, pretty low expectations because of COVID and how last year ended. But overall, it's going it's going pretty good. That's awesome to hear. And I, I know I always try to put myself in, in, a, in your shoes, you know, as a high school senior and, you know, so many awesome things happen during your high school, you know, your senior year. And it seems like, you know, for you guys, the class of 2021, the class of two, 2020, it was almost taken away from you, um, which is definitely a shame, but I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's going well. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well um, as well. And so since, you know, 2020, let's kind of re back, uh, go back and revisit this question a little bit. You've attended, you know, school completely in a virtual setting. Um, you've been in a hybrid model and you've recently returned to in-person learning, you know, albeit four days per week. So is there one of these models that you prefer the most? Um, see, this one's, this is kind of a hard question uh, because with, um, with like the hybrid and the all virtual, um, there were, there were aspects of it that like, I know a lot of teachers didn't like this, but I was able to work all throughout the week. And like, whenever it was hybrid, I was able to work Mondays and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so that's like one of the benefits of doing like hybrid or all virtual is getting those extra hours so I can get paid more and, you know, uh, start building funds for college. Um, but then there's the learning aspect. Um, and the learning aspect is really, it's, it's hard, uh, with, with hybrid, it's hard because it's hard to find motivation. It's hard to get the stuff done and on time. It's hard to, you know, just attend every zoom you can. And there's a lot of different aspects of it that make the hybrid and the all virtual, um, really difficult. So 
the four days a week is working out really good so far. Um, I'm able to keep up. Uh, <clears throat> I'm able to keep up more with all my work. I'm able to learn more. Um, and that was one of my biggest, that was one of my biggest, um, like pet peeves, I guess, about the situation in the beginning. Like it was just so hard for me to learn the material that was being forced out at me. Uh, but now it's going a lot better. And I would definitely say that I prefer the four days a week. Yeah, awesome. And it's, it's, it's interesting now, you know, we've been able to talk to, you know, several high school seniors and also some juniors as well um, within the school and going in and out of it. And it's interesting to see that, you know, some students have been able to, to pick up a job here. And it is so important, like you said, you know, college and, and pursuing further education after high school is really expensive. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So that's awesome that you're able to, to raise some funds for yourself. Um, and I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head, Caden. You know, it's it's really hard to learn. Um, I myself are, is go, are going through is going through, you know, some online courses myself and some trainings. And I always think to myself, like, wow, this is this is good. Don't get me wrong. but It would be so much better in person. Right. Um, and I think a lot of students feel the same way uh, for sure. So, um, you know, thank you for your candid answer on that as well. Uh, for those of uh, people who don't know, your mom is actually a teacher within our school district, you know, Mrs. Uh, Vogel. So shout out to her. So what's it like to have a parent who's also a teacher, let alone a teacher in the same school district that you attend? Um, so there are there are, of course, its benefits. And there are, of course, my uh, <laughs> my, you know, not really likings. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So I actually did have her as my homeroom teacher in fifth grade. Oh, nice. Uh, which was it was fun. Um, I wanted to call her Mrs. Mom, but she <laughs> told me to call her mom. Um, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, since your mom's a teacher, like she really, really pushes to like for me to do everything that I can to be the best possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing in any way, because it's, of course it's not, but it does put a lot of pressure on me. And whenever I don't uh, live up to those expectations or I can't because online schooling, I'm not doing, I'm not able to learn as much as I normally am. Um, it's a lot of pressure and, you know, it's, and it's okay. Um, Cause I know that both of my parents have really high expectations for me. Um, but it's, it's a really cool thing actually, because while she is in like the position to oversee everything that I'm doing in school and look at all my grades and comment about how bad I'm doing in certain classes <laughs> like that, she does give me that little extra push. Um, and she does give me her perspective of the situation. So it's not just me saying, Oh, I don't want to do this today. So I'm just going to wait for it tomorrow. And she'll be like, well, I have to grade this stuff today. And you know, it's, it gives me a new perspective on the situation. Um, and it lets me kind of think and look into my teacher's point of view. Absolutely. It's, it's funny. I have a, a very similar experience. My mom wasn't a teacher. She was a classroom aide for the longest time. And there was a couple of times where she, you know, was helping a student or two and was in my class. Um, and so I can definitely relate. You know, my, my mom was always talking to my other teachers because she, you know, had was friends with them and whatnot. And I always thought to myself, like, oh, my gosh, there's always this like pressure. You know, I have to be on my best behavior. I have to make sure all my homework is done and done really well and do well on on assessments and tests and whatnot. So I can definitely relate to that. But, um, yeah, it sounds like, you know, you, you kind of uh, come to appreciate that. You know what I mean? And, and you, you know, your mom's always looking out and your parents are always looking out for the best 
for you and your future for sure. No, that's awesome. Your mom's an amazing educator as well. I've got to um, get to know her a little bit better now in my new position. Um, and I can definitely say that she is one of our best at Elizabeth Forward. So, you know, shout out to Mrs. Vogel out there. Um, <laughs> now, Hayden, what I'm really excited about uh, to talk to you about today is your Eagle Scout project. So um, from one Eagle Scout award winner to another, congratulations, that's awesome. Um, can you describe everyone what your project was? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I might as well just start at the beginning. Um, so this was in Scouts whenever I first started looking for my Eagle Scout project and trying to decide what to do. Um, and Dr. K actually came to the Scouts with this idea. Um, and basically how we got the idea was there was a mix up um, where this, this lithograph of this really important event was supposed to be hanging in the library but then it ended up being misplaced in the media center after it uh, was redone. And he came to the scouts with this awesome idea of turning this into an Eagle Scout project. And I was like, yes, please, I'll take that. <laughs> and so that's exactly what happened. I started talking to him, we went through some ideas and essentially he was like, look, here's this display case, do whatever you think is best with this, do whatever you want, to make this the best that you can. I was like, sure, let's do that. So we started up with uh, drawing up a, a bunch of blueprints. Um, and for those of you who don't know, the project is in the middle school um, and it is about a World War II veteran who essentially uh, crashed his uh, bomber plane on top of another um, and they became stuck over the North Sea and they were flying and uh, the man's name is uh, Lieutenant Glenn H. Rojon, and he was able to pilot both of those planes over top of land so that the uh, bottom plane passengers can eject, and some of them unfortunately died because they were, uh, they ejected too early, but he and his co-pilot were able to guide the plane over land and crash landed in Germany, um, and he and his co-pilot uh, became prisoners of war but then survived to live the tale and tell the tale. Um, and then he in turn started talking to like, this is like years and years later, he talked to uh, our middle school about it because that's where he originally went to school. Um, and I actually, there are some pictures of that uh, little, uh, there are some pictures of that little uh, meeting that he had where he discussed his story in the display case. Um, but that's that's what this display case is dedicated to. It's trying to memorialize uh, him and his event and spread this amazing story. Yeah, it's it's that's it. That is such an amazing story. And and I remember I had no idea that it was in that display case because normally that's that the display case has some student art in it or uh, some project examples. And I walked by it and I was like, wow, I, first of all, I have to say it looks like it has been done professionally. Like it should, it, it looks like it needs to be in a museum. So, you know, kudos to you and everyone else who, uh, you know, was a part of that project. And then, you know, me being you know, obviously a former history teacher and just loving history, um, stopping and reading that story. It is, you really just do such a great job of bringing it to life. Um, and I know just talking to not only teachers at the middle school, you know, uh, but students as well, and they go by and they look at that. It's just, it's just, it's, a, it's an awesome, you guys did such a great job with it. And it's, it's such a unique project in itself. Um, normally when I think of Eagle Scout projects, I think of, you know, some kind of like labor or some kind of something like that, some, something that's done, you know, 
outside of a school, right? But you were able to kind of take this man's story, um, who was a part of our community, and share it with everyone in the middle school. Uh, it's just really just an amazing project. It's really unique. Um, and I'm really just uh, just so impressed by it. So, you know, well done, Caden. And, you know, well done to everyone who helped you with that as well. So um, kind of moving away from that, I recently saw pictures um, and I got really excited about this. We talked a little bit about uh, before we started recording um, of the rehearsals that are coming up for the upcoming high school musical. And I had to ask you, um, was the musical actually going to happen this year? Because unfortunately, last year, as we all know, in many school districts, you know, dealt with this, the, the musical got canceled because of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. So it sounds like from what you've been telling me before we started recording that the musical is going to take place. So I do have a few questions about that. Uh, can you tell everyone what's, what's the name of the musical this year? The name of the musical this year is The Drowsy Chaperone. Um, it's not something that many people hear of. Um, it's kind of one of those obscure ones that, you know, not a lot of people know. Um, but I think that's what makes it so great for our school. Number one, because it has a lot of parts. Um, and this year we had a lot of people to fill those parts, a lot of really, really talented people to fill those parts. And number two, because it kind of gives us a chance to tell this story from a unique point of view instead of seeing all these other schools do it and of course other schools have done it in the past but not nearly as many you would have thought for like Mamma Mia or Legally Blonde and stuff like that. Yeah absolutely I, I have never heard of this musical before so I'm, de I'm definitely really excited to see it because you're right it, it's when you go to a, a, a be it a professional musical or one that's done by a high school or where, wherever um, you always wonder, well, how is this school district going to do it if it's a popular one, right? Because everyone has their own twist and whatnot. But it's definitely a different experience to go to a musical, one that you've never seen before, let alone know anything about. And I think a lot of people haven't even heard of the Drowsy Chaperone, let alone uh, know anything about it. So I think that's super exciting as well. Um, can you tell us what part you play in that musical? Um, I play the part uh, called The Man in the Chair. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, first time hearing it, it doesn't sound like anything big, but it actually is uh, considered to be the lead of the show. Oh, congratulations. Uh, and thank you. And basically, my part is sort of the narrator that guides the, the audience through this story. Um, and throughout the entire story, you learn a lot more about him, about his life. Um, and he's just kind of like this this mousy older gentleman gentleman that's like a, a like a hermit almost like he doesn't like he doesn't like going outside he likes to stay in his apartment and do his stuff and do the things that makes him the happiest um and he kind of takes you all along this journey um and you do find out a lot more about him but i'm not going to say anything <laughs> and um it's really awesome because throughout the entire story he is not actually in the show per se he is kind of like an, a bystander that's showing everyone the show but then at the very end he finally is part of the show and is able to interact with all the characters and everything very cool say, yeah story i love playing the part um but you're just gonna have to come see it yeah absolutely absolutely i'm sure it's gonna be very popular um just by the way you described it there's no doubt 
Um, and, and it's so funny to hear that, you know, first of all, congratulations again on, on uh, you know, earning the lead of the show. That is definitely a huge deal. But when I think about it, you know, I had you as eighth grade and, and thinking about your, you know, having you as a student, you're you, obviously you were so well-spoken back then. Obviously, you're so well-spoken right now. And I know that you're very talented um, young man. So that is definitely awesome. So my, my next question for you is, what is it like to perform with a face covering on? That's absolutely different, right? Oh, yeah, it's it's very different, especially going from uh, going from last year where we didn't have to wear these face coverings to this year where we do. Um, we it's it's real hard. Um, and you see like you'll see that a lot of schools have these special masks uh, that are basically singers masks where they look like a big duck bill. Basically, mm-hmm. but they let you um, have the room for your space to or for your mouth to move and get that space that you need to sing. Um, but we don't have those and those are like, those are pretty expensive for each individual one. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead we actually found these clear masks that kind of like sit on your chin almost and they like just sit there. So they're not up against your, your mouth. So you don't have to like, like for, in, for instance, whenever I'm in choir and I'm singing, whenever I take a breath in my cloth mask, it sucks in the mask into my mouth. And I can't get a good breath. Right. This one is like a plastic face shield almost, but it's sitting on your chin and it's wrapped around your ears. So it's, it's a lot easier and the microphone can still go inside of it. So it's, we experimented with them once um, with the dress rehearsal that we just did. It went awesome. Um, the, those masks are great because the audience can still see your full face and all your facial expressions and stuff. And it gives us a lot more room to breathe. Um, unlike the cloth ones that we have been using, uh, which is a pain uh, to sing and dance in, um, just being out of breath and trying to suck in more air through the mask is not working. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I can definitely uh, I can definitely imagine you know that's that's almost probably impossible to, to perform in a in a cloth mask. And it's it's interesting because I saw the pictures of. Uh, I can't remember who posted them. It might have been Mrs. Bonatesta or Mrs. Wyclaw posted um, some of the pictures from your rehearsal. And at first, I didn't even notice that you guys had masks on. Um, and then when I look closer, yeah, that's, that's the awesome part about this, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I look closer, I'm like, wow, that actually because it does look different than anything I've ever seen before. So uh, I, I'm so happy to hear that you guys are able to have the show. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I know, you know, all the teachers, it's, it's cool to see your students, your former students um, outside of the classroom, right, performing and doing things like that. So um, we're really looking forward to it. And I'm really excited to see uh, the Drowsy Chaperone coming up here. And you said in a few weeks, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the 24th through the 28th. Awesome. Um, but we're, we are having a few dress rehearsals before then, which I believe one of them, all of the teachers in the district are invited to. Oh, okay. Um, that's just what I heard. So it might change, but. Yeah, of course. Uh, anything with this pandemic, you know, we hear one thing and the next thing it's completely different, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're all used to that. So I have a question here and it wasn't one that I sent you before. And I, I did a little bit more research on you, Caden, and, and I found that this, this really awesome and interesting accomplishment that you, that you recently re- received um, and that was you replaced first chair for your PMEA auditions. Now, someone who has no musical ability or knowledge like myself, can you explain to our listeners what that entails and what that is? Um, so, yeah, that's um, so PMEA is the Pennsylvania Music Educators Association. Um, and basically what it is, 
is it's an association that allows for students from all over uh, the US. I believe it's just the US, but I might be wrong on that. Um, from all over the US, um, actually, sorry, the Pennsylvania Music Educators Association is Pennsylvania, but there mm -hmm. is a national version. Um, but it allows the pursuers of the arts, um, specifically like choir, band, strings, and stuff like that, to essentially audition. And then if you're placed high enough, you get into these different festivals. Um, so the one that I um, have participated in for the last three years is the, the choir festivals. Um, so first you audition to get in, and then if you get in, you've made it to the district's choir festival. Um, and then there's another audition process to go to regions and then another audition process to go to states. Um, but the awesome part about this choir thing is you audition to get in and you are with all these other people that have also made it, you know, so it's, it's not like it's not like you go there and then there's going to be a bunch of people that don't want to be there and don't want to sing and stuff like that. They, they are there to sing. They are there to perform. They are going to do their best just like you. Um, so it's a lot different than a lot of like community choirs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but basically what it is, is just an option for kids of all ages to participate in larger choir activities um and this year it's kind of weird because of covid um because like last year i was able to do all these festivals in person but this year what they did was they had us audition to get into districts but there isn't going to be a districts festival um we just auditioned to get into districts and then we're going from uh straight from districts auditioning again into uh all state uh so they're skipping regions altogether um, and my audition is actually sometime next week, uh, which is nerve wracking, but I, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really just a program that allows kids from all over to come together and either sing together or perform together in bands, strings, all kinds of stuff. Actually a bunch of, um, there are a lot of other like little competitions within PMEA and the, the national, um, the national version of that is called NAFME. I, I forget what the uh, the acronym stands for, but, um, and there are a lot of other things like there is a composition uh, competition basically that I, uh, I submitted a piece for and I'm going to submit another piece for the NAFME one. Um, but it's, it's just an awesome uh, association that lets people come together basically. That's awesome. And it's, it's great to always be in a group that shares the same interests uh, with you. And it's especially at such a high level that it sounds like, and then best of luck with your audition uh, next so week. Much. Yeah, no problem. I, um, I'm always just in so much awe of people who can perform either singing or play an instrument or who are willing to, you know, create compositions. You kind of, you're, you're, you're putting yourself out there. Right. Um, and I always think to myself like, wow, I could never do that. Right. I'm always like a little bit, you know, like self-conscious about that. Um, so that is, that is amazing. Um, and I've, uh, I've had the chance of seeing you, um, perform at the middle school um at level and uh, uh, at the high school as well and i know that you're 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 selling yourself a little bit short here you're an amazing amazing performer 
Um, so I know you're going to do well in your audition next week. So, uh, again, good luck with that. And, and congratulations on, on making it, uh, to first chair and being named. That's a huge accomplishment. So yeah, of course. Of course. All right, Kane, I'll, I'll wrap up this, uh, our interview with you. Um, we definitely want to be, um, respectful of your time. So what are your, uh, what are your plans for after high school graduation? So that's coming up, you know, in the very near future. What are the, what's the, what's next for Kane Vogel? It's coming up too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on going to uh, Cal U to get uh, a degree in secondary education, uh, specializing in mathematics. Um, so that's that's what I'm looking for uh, as of right now. But I am also considering the possibility of minoring in musical theater. Um, and a little while ago, I was also considering the possibility of going to school for music theory and composition and stuff like that but you know I'm I'm leaning more towards secondary ed with mathematics right now just because um the getting into the like music in general whether it be secondary education music uh or just composition it's it's hard Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest things about that is you need to learn, you need to know how to play piano, which I unfortunately do not. Um, but if I was able to, you know, play piano and uh, go to school for this stuff, I definitely would. But it's just kind of like out of my reach for right now. Um, so, yeah, I am I'm going to Cal U to pursue secondary education specialized with math- mathematics. That's that is amazing. I um. I never would have thought uh, Kane Vogel would do uh, being a teacher, becoming a, a math teacher. Uh, so why math? I, I have to ask that. Um, so, I mean, it was always the subject that I was really good at. I can't remember a time throughout my uh, school career that I was not pretty good at math. Of course, the last few years have gotten quite a bit more challenging and trig <laughs> and calculus and stuff like that. But... Um, all throughout my years in elementary school and middle school, math was, math came pretty easy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, I've always had like, all of my math teachers have been important to me. Um, and they, they've all kind of stuck out. Um, so it's, it was one of those things where it's like, I want to be that person to someone. Um, I want to, I want to be a teacher to help these people and to just do my best in the community. Um, but then I want to be a math teacher because I've had these connections with my previous math teachers and I want to, I want to give these kids that same connection that I had. Yeah, no, I mean, just the, just the fact that you said that you want to become a teacher to have that kind of impact that your teachers have had on you and, and do what's best for your community and help people. That just shows to me right now that you're going to be an amazing teacher. Um, and when I really, when I really think about it, you know, we definitely need, more people like yourself pursuing education um, because it is, it's such an important job to, you know, make sure everyone, all our youth is, you know, for lack of a better word is educated, but, but to build those relationships, right. Um, and to be someone who can, you know, I, I see you and, and I'm just, you know, thinking out loud as, as a math teacher who can make it relatable to students, right. For me, I was never a math person. I rem- I always joked with my students in eighth grade, when you guys got to around Christmas time or New Year's in eighth grade math is when I was really no more help to you because I was terrible at math, right? Um, but just uh, again, going back to the 
the fact that, you know, obviously you're, you're an amazing student. You've had some really amazing math teachers. Your, your mom's uh, an amazing teacher as well. It, it definitely, when I think about it more, it, it, that definitely makes, it, it just seems like a, a logical next step for you. Um, I've, I've definitely had a lot of influences throughout my years, uh, yeah. whether it be teachers that I've had or teachers that I've lived with for 18 <laughs> years. Right. Right. No, that in it, and it makes so much sense. And, you know, and I, I can definitely say with confidence that you're definitely going to be an amazing teacher and, and who knows, maybe one day uh, there'll be two Mrs. Vogels or um, um, I should say not two Mrs. But two Vogels, right. Mrs. And Mr. Vogel. So um, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, okay. And, um, like I said before, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been so gracious with your time. Um, you're obviously an amazing students you're an amazing human being you've done so much great for our community um, we're really looking forward to uh, seeing you in the upcoming musical um, i'm definitely going to encourage people to check out your eagle scout project in the middle school we're going to put some more information in our show notes about that as well um, and i just want to say again thank you for being our first guest on season two of the senior speak podcast um, and I did want to thank um, a bunch of people as well. I wanted to thank all of my uh, castmates from the musical as well, because the show is impossible to do without them, especially all the leads and everyone in there. Um, I wanted to thank all the stage crew and the tech crew because they're awesome as well and do so much work. Um, and yeah, that's really it. Awesome. Well, you were uh, a great first guest and we're definitely excited to share your story with everyone. Thanks again, Caden. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. And like our first season, I want to end each episode with a What You Learned segment. I'm so impressed by Caden Vogel. I'm not exaggerating when I say that the display he created for his Eagle Scout project should be featured in a museum. The amazing story of the local veteran is so important to share, and Caden did an amazing job bringing that story to life. I would encourage everyone to come to the middle school and check it out. I'm also so impressed by Caden's musical ability. He showcases a level of confidence and commitment to performing that is very inspiring. I'm really looking forward to the upcoming musical and a special shout out to all the teachers, students, and volunteers who make an event like the musical happen, especially during a global pandemic. And so let's close up shop. If you're a high school senior and you'd like to be featured on the Senior Speak podcast, please feel free to get in touch. We'd love to share your story and continue to spread positivity throughout our community. Thank you all for listening.